Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield as she's announcing shows at the Nebraska Cattlemen's Classic. Catch it there at the Buffalo County Fairgrounds. Thank you to Susan for helping with all those shows. Talking to trade with us, well, it's midweek. That means we talk to Arlen Suderman, Chief Economist for StoneX. And Arlen, I start here today. We have seen a brutal Arctic blast move across the plains. A lot of traders focusing on Tuesday in the wheat market. That helped to bring a nice run up. Although Wednesday now we're seeing wheat come back down. I know you've got an agronomy background. You've walked a lot of Kansas wheat fields. What can you tell us in this trade dynamic right now as it relates to weather and wheat? Yeah, I I really did get my start uh, working for the Kansas uh, State Extension Service uh, as an agronomist. uh, And uh, walked hundreds if not thousands of fields during that period of time. Certified crop advisor. And that gave me a good foundation for the work that I do today with an understanding of of how the crops grow and and what affects them and what doesn't. It's really become popular uh, in the social media that any time you see someone talk about winter kill and wheat that you shut them down and say, oh, that's just scare tactic, that doesn't really happen, wheat is a weed. And with good reason, Uh, wheat does grow like a weed. Um, And, uh, you know, most of the time when we get a cold weather event, um we st- end up seeing good yields and there's a couple of reasons for that one wheat is hardy and uh so it is able to withstand a lot the other is that when we get these uh late winter early spring type of events that are this early i'm not talking about the other extreme of the mother's day freeze that we had that was devastating but i'm talking about when it's still winter type of thing if you thin out some tillers, you got time to make new tillers and make up much of that. And as you get into early spring, it's the crops that have the highest yield potential that tends to get hurt. And so you may still have a crop that yields well, not realizing that had that event ha- not happened, you might have had another 10 to 15% of yield even on top of that. Um, so there's a lot of misconceptions about winter kill. You really have to walk the fields and look for the tiller damage, etc. If a plant is totally killed, uh, which I've seen happen on a number of occasions where you have areas of a field, um, particularly lighter soils, particularly drier soils on a hilltop or whatever, that are, are dead, then there's no, no way to bring more tillers back and to make up for it. It's just lost. So when we look at what tends to damage a crop. If you have a healthy wheat plant, it can generally withstand uh, temperatures down to 5 to 10 degrees below zero. Uh, That's because it has enough warmth coming up from below. It's got enough of uh, health to to build its defenses against the cold, and it's going to survive it. If it's under stress, be it moisture stress or whatever, then it can't, it can only withstand, you know, temperatures above that level. We were down to 20 to 30 degrees below zero across uh, large portions of the western part, western half of Kansas into parts of Colorado and, and western Oklahoma um, uh, for one to two nights, depending on where you're at, and sub-zero temperatures for several nights and even some days. So this Overall, when you look at this weather event, uh, as I've been in the industry now for roughly four decades, maybe my memory's going bad as I get older, but I do not remember another event to compare this to where we had temperatures this cold for this long without the snow cover. 
and most of Kansas, uh, the wheat state of Kansas, had less than two inches of snow on it, and it was a light, fluffy snow. So for a cold event like this, that's simply not enough. Um, and that was true for parts of Colorado and western Oklahoma and, and uh, the northern Texas panhandle as well. So while it would be foolish to say that um, X percent of the wheat crop has been lost from this event, wheat is a weed, and wheat will make a liar out of anybody. I, it is safe to say, though, that this was the biggest risk event that we've put a wheat crop through in decades and uh, or at least very comparable if there's one out there that I don't remember that had similar depth of cold as well as duration of cold without the snow cover. Um, fortunately, most of Nebraska had enough snow cover on it, should be okay. Uh, further to the south, not. So there's about 30% of the belt that by the textbook was vulnerable. We're simply going to have to wait till the crop breaks dormancy to see what the actual losses were. Arlen, let's continue on this track of the cold weather impact to U.S. commodities. Let's switch, though, over to the livestock trade with about a minute and a half left to go. What is your thoughts on the impact of this cold is going to have here to cattle and hogs? Well, first of all, it's no fun for the people taking care of the animals, and it's certainly no fun for the animals. Uh, for the most part, it looks like our cattle have have weathered it much better than they could have. Fortunately, it was a relatively dry event, and that certainly helped. The biggest problem to this point has been um, the depth of the cold, making it difficult to um, get move feed around, transport feed, uh, in, um, trying to uh, keep calves for the, those who are calving early, keep them alive. But at the packing plants, trying to get employees there, trying to get workers there, and the rolling blackouts that have shut down processing plants. And so we've really slowed down the processing of cattle and of hogs, um, and even some of our hog confinement facilities have run into some problems as well. So that's the biggest problem, re reducing the slaughter levels, and that's pushed meat product prices higher as we further tighten supplies in an environment where right now demand for meat product is really good. We're talking with Arlen Suderman. He's chief economist for Stonex, covering here right now the weather impacts to U.S. commodities. We're also, though, getting a lot of data out on the macro side of the day's equation when you want to look at equities and how money flow can impact commodity markets as well. So that's where we're going to steer our conversation when we come back here in segment two. If you miss any of our conversation or want to catch it again, make sure that you catch every afternoon the Fontenelle Final Bell podcast available at ruralradio.com. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Again, Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield. We're talking with Arlen Suderman, Chief Economist for StoneX. And Arlen, our conversation in Segment 1 focusing on the commodity impact with this Arctic blast. But there is one key component I didn't think to ask in that first round, and that's where I want to start here with once again. Due to this cold, we're seeing a uh, skyrocket in natural gas prices. Crude oil has come around, Arbob unleaded gasoline. So for farmers, ranchers looking out at the 21 growing season, you know, wondering what they should do for their energy consumption needs. What's your take on where energy goes, and is now a time to worry about it, or should we get past this cold snap before thinking about energy needs? One of the things that's really identified the commodity markets as a whole over the in recent months has been the inflation mantra, the amount of money in the system, and uh, that was certainly a part of the markets today as far as the outside markets more than was the ags. Um, but the energy market certainly came above it, uh, came 
were a part of it. Uh, and that changes the way that the investment world manages supply and demand when it comes to commodities. It's with a bullish filter that they're looking at these things. Now we throw in a weather event like this, and what we see is a sharp increase in demand for natural gas and really all kinds of energies to heat homes, etc. We had a, a shutdown of many of the wind turbines in Texas, uh, which provide almost a quarter of Texas's energy, which really surprised me as Texas being um, a, a crude oil type of a, a state. But we're all part of the Plains Energy Grid. So when one part of that grid is short of energy, it pulls some others as well. So what we have now is a spike event that's drawing more money in. Once this passes, you would anticipate that interest to lull and, and have a correction back in a typical type of, of a scenario from a fundamental standpoint. Long term, though, that's still a factor. Um, how long this inflationary phase is going to last is, a, is, a, is the key question. Generally, when you look at monetary policy and fiscal monetary policy, uh, the Fed planning on pumping in continued amounts of large amounts of money through congressional action, which is backed up by the central bank, um, then that would suggest that there are more inflationary pressures ahead, which is going to draw more money into the commodity sectors for quite some time. And so that tends to elevate prices higher for the same fundamentals than what we'd ordinarily expect. The other thing we have right now going on is um, we have shut down a lot of the shale oil facilities because of the extreme cold, really slowed the movement of crude oil, and we've shut down refinery capacity as well. So that's tightened up supply of crude oil, but also tightened up the supply of the products you mentioned, like diesel fuel, heating oil, etc. So, and then you add in there this administration's policy of tighter regulation of the fossil fuel sector, um, shutting down pipelines, um, that stated goal, and actually taking some action toward that, etc. And that would seem to suggest that we are looking at a higher risk of elevated energy prices. So when we get opportunities to lock in those fuel prices, that's something we need to consider. So plenty to consider from, from this cold snap really on all facets of the farmer ranch. Let's go ahead now and look out. You brought up inflation in our last segue as well. And there we get out the producer price index or the PPI data, something the Fed watches fairly, fairly close. And it's starting to show broad inflation and really across all sectors of the economy. So with that starting to go, is there still the inflationary bias that can be kept towards grains? Or will fund and money managers start wanting to look at another asset vehicle to try and drive that inflation? Yeah, that's kind of a balancing act right now. We saw January retail sales up 5.3% month on month in in January over the previous month, which was when the government was sending out the $600 COVID checks. This $1.95 trillion package that President Biden is pushing through now has another $1,400 in checks. Uh, per person in it as well, which would be even more money, so we would anticipate even more inflationary pressure. That, in effect, is now pushing up interest rates. The Fed can only control interest rates at the short end of the curve. It can't control the long end of the curve. That's attracting more money from overseas, where they have negative interest rates in Europe and Japan. So that's increasing demand for the dollar. So the higher dollar is kind of putting a throwing a little bit of water now on the commodity, so to speak. 
we can still have inflation. They'll still want to own the commodities as a hedge against inflation, but it is a little bit of a risk. The producer price index, which is inflation at the wholesale level, also saw inflation really heat up last month. So I think inflation is going to be the story for some time, but maybe at a little slower pace because of the strengthening dollar. We're talking with Arlen Suderman, Chief Economist for Stonex. Arlen, before we let you go, for folks that want to continue following along, you release a lot of data through your Twitter account and stuff. What is the best way to follow? Stonex.com on Twitter. My handle is Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. That's Arlen Suderman, Stonex, joining us on the Fontenelle Final Bell. Thank you to Fontenelle Hybrids for their continuing support of our program. You can catch a podcast each and every day of this program once again at ruralradio.com. And do remember, trade futures and options involve risk of loss and may not be suitable for all investors. Consider these risks before investing.